0: Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Lattermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com.
1: This is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Today we're taking you on a journey. We're, uh, we're running with parasites.
1: Yep, running uh, running barefoot. Actually, which uh, I didn't – I really wasn't that aware that this was a thing until you blogged about it. Like, people are really into doing, like, marathon running with no shoes or socks on, right?
0: It is a thing. It is a big thing. But first, we, are you kind of a believer in going barefoot in the summertime?
1: No, because um, I um my family spent a couple of years up in uh, Newfoundland, Canada. But okay. most of my time has been spent in the south. So we were very – I mean, it was really hammered into us that you just – you don't go walking around outside – barefoot, uh, you know, it, you know, things will crawl into you or you'll step on something gross or sharp or, um, you know, for any number of reason, keep the shoes on when you're outside.
0: That's funny because I didn't, I don't remember having any of that sort of public health message drilled into my head when I was a kid. I mean, a sign of summer for me, was taking off my shoes, running around, whether it was,
1: wait, where'd you grow up?
0: In Connecticut.
1: Oh, where there, there are no sharp things outside. There's no dog poo. Not. <laughs> it's just pristine and, and wonderful.
0: I guess so. I guess Connecticut has has none of those things. I don't know. It's just, we, we never really, I never really thought about it. You know, I would go on like hot pavement. I would go to the pool. I would probably go in disgusting places that I should not have gone barefoot. Well, I
1: will. I do take my shoes off at of the beach. Now, now that's different. That may not be safe either. So you don't
0: peel your socks off at the shore's edge? no. No. <laughs> Well, a lot of people are going barefoot now, and they're going barefoot running in particular. Um, I actually tried it one night because I was so curious. I I am a bit of an amateur runner, and um, I was curious because they say um, that it can improve your form when you're out there. If you lose the shoes, you can improve your running efficiency.
1: Um, And this is based in in the idea that uh, we evolved with these feet, and if these feet can't cut it, I mean, you know, if, if God administered to wear Nikes, we've been born with them, right? That, that absolutely,
0: kind of absolutely. Yeah. So there's this whole athletic-oriented subculture out there that's going barefoot, and mostly it's runners. Um, but it's it's by no means a new thing. I mean, in 1960, there was a Olympic gold medal winner um, shuffle along without shoes in Rome, and before s- sneakers were invented, which was in uh, the early 19th century. Um, which, incidentally, was married to the vulcanization of rubber and Charles Goodyear. It's a whole separate story, but pretty interesting. Um, before sneakers were invented, you have to think that people weren't necessarily always running in shoes. And then you have guys like Fidipides, right? The, the poor slob who had to, you know, run the first marathon. He was oh, yeah. the messenger for... Um, was that barefoot? I don't know. I did a little searching on that.
1: Well, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they, and, and you had like naked wrestling and all that. I mean, the, the old Olympics were pretty, uh, you know, don't let clothing get in the way of a, of a good sporting event.
0: Right. So we're kind of getting back to our roots, um, with people running barefoot. I mean, there's a, there's a whole culture around it. There are barefoot races, there are barefoot forums online. And for some barefoot runners, there are, of course, parasites. And the big one is
1: hookworm. Yes, uh hookworms, which are uh, which are pretty pretty like a lot of parasites, pretty amazing uh creatures. Um basically the life cycle here is uh you step on a hookworm larva and it crawls up through the sole of your foot, makes its way up into your digestive system where it breeds and reproduces and then uh comes back out through the form of excrement and then crawls away from the excrement to be stepped on again. So it's this uh this cycle. So, uh, I, I guess the, the main thing is you would hope that, uh, that these, uh, barefoot running marathons would, uh, would not be going through, uh, latrine zones or, uh, dog parks or, uh, anything of that nature.
0: How prevalent is hookworm in the U.S.?
1: Well, uh, much, much better than it was. I understand you can still, you can certainly still get it. But, uh, it, it's interesting around, uh, 1908, uh, John D Rockefeller Sr was looking for his next uh uh big project, right? And uh he really wanted to help out the American South. Okay. Where incidentally we are podcasting from right now. Uh and uh he was uh, he was kind of perturbed by the by the, f- the fact that uh like the the economic engine of the South was not really getting going again, and uh so he he sent down, he formed a commission and sent people down to like crunch the numbers and stuff and you know see what was wrong you know what what do we need to need to do to kick start it and they um
0: they're taking a lot of sick days from hookworm manufacturers? well,
1: they just found that a lot of southerners were slow pale weak, kind of golemy you know and uh um and you know, so they they, were, they came back and they said, well, there's you know nothing wrong with this, that, or the other, but they they seem like they might have some sort of a lazy disease. So then Rockefeller, a lazy disease, a lazy disease. yeah. So Rockefeller sends down a bunch of uh, of doctors, and uh, they start uh, looking at some of the factors, and they start seeing that a lot of it is tied to the soil types, like uh, areas where there's like rich soil, uh, rich farmers, then you have a lot of these pale uh southerners, uh, and then the the poor fa- uh, farmers tend to be a little better off. So it, it turned out that the big deal was hookworms. Um, this was uh, this ended up leading to basically the invention of the outhouse because they uh, they 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 conducted some uh, experiments, right, to just see like how far the hookworms travel from said excrement. So they put the they put the the poo, if you will, in a sandbox. Okay. Um, um, one of the few times when poo in a sandbox, I guess, was was the uh was okay it was okay yeah and then they they me- they they measured to see how far the larva traveled each day all right three days they had could...
0: hookworm races
1: yeah basically <laughs> yeah and they found that in three days it could travel three feet and then it couldn't go any farther it was uh and, and then it would live for seven days total and then it would die all right so the problem was that you had these uh poor anemic southerners going out there um, and they would uh you know, they would be using the restroom in the same general area. And uh, and then, ev- you know, every day they're getting more hookworms because the hookworms are, you know, moving three feet out in every direction okay, from where they're okay. going. All right. So uh, the answer is you uh, dig a hole that's six feet deep. All right. So the hookworm can only go up four feet. And, and then maybe if it's like just a superhero of a hookworm, it could, you know, I don't know, maybe it would go five feet, but there's no way it's getting six, right? Right. Uh, not without just divine information.
0: in that, in the Guinness World Book of Records, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, it would have to be some sort of super hookworm. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, suddenly, uh, they, uh, John D. Rockefeller's uh, people started saying, hey, how about this? Let's dig a hole for everybody to poop in, and we'll put a little house over it, and, uh, bam, the outhouse is born.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent.
1: They, they even had this cool little uh, film, which you can actually watch online. Uh, the Rockefeller uh, people still have it up, and uh, and it's uh, called uh, Unhooking the Hookworm, in which it refers to uh, uh, this parasite as, quote, one of man's most dangerous enemies.
0: Well, it's a, it sounds like it certainly was for a while, but, I mean, hookworm is not the only thing that you could encounter while you're running barefoot, Um there's a whole host of nasty infections out there that are just waiting for your poor unsuspecting but faster feet. Um well, I mean, let's start with the basic one. There's there's also athlete's foot or That's
1: a t- rough one, yeah.
0: Tinea pedis. Yeah, and then there's also stuff like you could get a staph infection, of course, and nobody wants a staph infection. Or um fungal mycetoma. And this one, I just dare you to look at some pictures of this <laughs> on the web. It is Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It tends to occur more in, um, tropical, uh, climates such as Mexico. And then. Like, what,
1: what do the photos look like?
0: It's just gnarly.
1: Like, what color? Is it more of like a red or a green?
0: Well, actually, the, the, the foot that I saw was, it was kind of a brownish color, um, that was starting to sort of fold in on itself. Oh, Oh, it was was really terrible. And then, um, you have stuff like sporotrichosis. And this is, um, an infection that comes from handling thorny plants, phagna moss, or stuff like build hay. And granted, we're not going to be handling this stuff on a daily basis. Maybe it's not something you might encounter on a roadway, but if you're doing a little trail running or stuff like that, you, you could technically encounter something, an infection like this.
1: <clears throat> Do they run trails barefoot as well?
0: I'm not sure. I think actually, uh, the, the bare road is your, is your friend yeah. when it comes Cause to Cause otherwise it running. sounds
1: like these guys would just be running around on like just big gross stumps you know with things crawling in and out of them.
0: So if you're still looking to run barefoot or somewhat barefoot, we we came up with a couple solutions for you.
1: Yeah, one and this is pretty these are pretty cool. I I do not own a pair, but um I I have a friend who has some. They're the the Vibram five fingers. Yes. And this I've is seen like these. like a foot glove basically. Um uh, like they tend to be like the ones I I saw and the ones that my my friend uh, has are are black, so they kind of look like um like gorilla feet. That yeah. you put on like yeah, rubber yeah, yeah. gorilla feet and you know and you can you can he can wiggle his toes in them and all and uh and yeah you just run with those so they you know you wouldn't want to wear them like on a date but uh <laughs> but they're pretty cool for the whole barefoot running thing and uh and the the, the manufacturers kind of are yeah they're yeah they're, they're they're they can be kind of pricey I think it's uh,
0: comparable to a to a running shoe. I think they yeah. price out at about eighty dollars or something yeah so that's one solution although what's the difference between a vibram five finger Doohickey and just running with socks.
1: You don't run outside in your sock feet. Did you, Your folks weren't into that either? I mean, that was one of our rules. You walk outside in your sock feet, you're gonna get wet.
0: Well, what if you run outside in socks with those little, you know, the skitter things on the bottom? You know, yeah. like they make kids' socks with those little...
1: Still, you're gonna step in a puddle or something and it's gonna be gross. But these, I think the, the Vibram Five Fingers, they're gonna, like they have some grip to them, but they're, they're rubbery. You know, they're not gonna soak up a bunch of gunk.
0: Okay. All right. So then you could always also run indoors, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, and that would cut out some things, but I don't know. It's like we're talking about, you know, uh, like uh, there's a lot of uh, athletes foot in gyms, so.
0: Right. So infections don't really respect the indoor-outdoor boundaries that we make for them. Well, of course, your last option is you could just take your chances and run outside. Yeah. Shoes be damned.
1: Uh, and, you know, as far as the hookworms are concerned... Um, as they uh they go into it on an episode of uh RadioLab um there uh, some people think these uh aren't that aren't that bad um this is based on the idea that uh, uh, or the observation that uh asthma is 50% less likely uh in someone that has hookworms and that uh that asthma and allergies uh, aren't as common in the developing world um because in many places you still have a, you know a lot of these sanitation issues and uh, the argument is that that hookworms and humans have co-evolved over thousands of years, uh, and to the point where um, you'll have an individual that would be susceptible to asthma or um, um, or allergies or any number of uh, conditions that are basically the immune system turning on itself, right? Okay. And in in these people, the hookworm um, it manages to keep those things in check, uh, almost like a symbiotic kind of relationship. Cause, uh, there's um, because there are arguments that uh, like if you have like ten hookworms. More or less, like that's like a good. Uh, the that's the, a good the number advocates of hookworms. are saying that's a good number of hookworms to sort of keep your body in check, but you're not, uh, you get like 50 and you're getting into, uh, into, you're going to become anemic, and that's where we get the, the slow, pale, you're become a slow southerner. southerner. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that's, uh, we should stress that's not an approved uh, treatment. But, uh, but the, the one guy that they actually interviewed on uh, radio uh, lab, this guy, uh, Jasper Lawrence yeah. of uh, com. He uh, actually traveled down to, uh, uh, I believe it was Cameroon. And, and got
0: himself some hookworms.
1: Yep, got himself some hookworms. So, took a taxi out to some uh, latrine areas and marched around in his bare feet. Good uh, for Jasper. Yeah. And uh, last uh, last I heard, you, he was still uh, selling his uh, own hookworms um, from his own feces online to uh, people who were uh, interested in this, uh, again, uh, uh, non-approved treatment.
0: Thank you, Jasper, for making that service available. So I'm pretty sure I'm not going to go out and buy some hook rooms. But this whole podcast did make me think about um, shoes and shoes and their role in culture. Are you guys a shoes-off household?
1: Um, increasingly, so uh, especially of course when it's when there's snow and slush outside. But uh, but I think after our uh, we, we traveled to Thailand in the fall, and uh, they're very much a shoes-off culture and are you know very big on also like things like don't point with your shoes etc you go you 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 fly on uh, on, Th- on Thai airlines and uh and you have to put your shoes in a separate box than your, uh, your like pocket things because to combine them into one box would just be um grotesque you know and really i mean these are i mean these are our shoes these are the things we walk around all over you know the subway with or we we kill bugs with or you know etc they're they're kind of nasty and you know maybe we should take them off at the uh At the front door more often or even in the office. I mean, I'm wearing shoes right now, but I... Yeah, we should have
0: a bin as soon as you walk in the office where you check your shoes and people just walk around in stocking feet all day. Yeah,
1: everybody has their own slot.
0: Although Mm. what could happen, as happened in Sex and the City, is you could lose a sweet pair of shoes. On the other hand, think about it. If you're not caring about your shoes, then think about, you know, your shoe budget goes down. You're yeah. spending less money. Who cares? You're just going to be cruising around in flip flops all the time. So. so it
1: does make me curious if, uh, like expensive shoes are a thing in, in Thailand as well. I don't have to look into that. Or yeah. if you know, please uh, contact us.
0: So if you'd like to learn more about marathons or green marathons or even skin parasites, you can head to our homepage at howstoveworks.com.
1: And while you're there, check out our blogs where we talk about all sorts of stuff from, uh, you know, breaking science news to whatever articles we happen to be researching for the week.
0: And if you want to tell us about your adventures with parasites or running or both, send us an email at sciencestuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the
1: houseofworks.com homepage.